Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Lot to recap from yesterday. Maybe some breaking news with Deshaun Watson. Keep an eye on what's going on with the Live Tour. You know, I was talking about some of the golfers at the British Open, the Open Championship. Then next thing we find out is our good buddy David Faherty is leaving NBC for the Live Tour. Charles Barkley will probably get his offer tomorrow night from the Live Tour. Charles could be going to the Live Tour. Now, that to me would be bigger than any of these other golfers. If you say, now Phil Mickelson got this started because that added some legitimacy. So you go, wow, okay, Phil's going. And then you had Dustin Johnson. You had Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau. You had some names. And then all of a sudden, it's like, and David Faraday's going to go be one of the announcers. Okay, they don't have a TV deal yet, but they have an announcer. And then they might have the most valuable announcer, analyst, voice in the business with Charles Barkley. Charles doesn't make a great salary at TNT. I think it's less than $10 million a year. And he's more valuable than any of the other voices right now. In my opinion, he's the most valuable voice in sports media. You throw in all the commercials because he may lose those endorsements. A lot of these players who have joined the Live Tour lost endorsements. Charles knows that he may lose those. So if you're going to go after Charles Barkley, you don't have a TV deal. And you have David Faraday. What are you going to give Charles Barkley? And Charles says he's going to listen to them, I believe, tomorrow night and decide what he's going to do. And he might have to leave TNT. That's why this is a huge deal. And Charles knows that he may have to leave TNT to do this. 
What what's the what's the problem? When you said that, I, I th- we were all thinking to ourselves, okay, if Charles Barkley he he doesn't cover golf for a living generally, so he could go cover some golf on the side, make ten million dollars, and wouldn't bother me. As soon as you said he made to leave TNT, that's where we all went. Uh, 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 if I'm no way, Charles can't do that. Well, for any amount of money, I, I I'm just putting it out there. What I was told, what I was told this morning, Charles knows he may have to leave TNT. That would be bad for everybody. So you can say, oh, my gosh, these golfers, if uh, Cameron Smith is going to leave. By the way, you know, he's from Australia. Greg Norman, the last Australian to win the Open Championship. And that's probably a conversation that they've had or been having. And we're still waiting to see if he's going to join the Live Tour. But if Charles Barkley would leave TNT and go to the Live Tour, that's a big deal. That has nothing. (laughs) That's not growing the game. Now you're taking away from the NBA with this. This has nothing to do with golf, per se. And who is going to, are you more likely now to get a TV deal? And who is going to step up and wants to be that TV partner? That's what I'd be curious about. Unless TBS says, hey, we'll be the TV partner. But then they're also with the PGA Tour. They have, I I think there's a partial coverage on TNT or TBS with a couple of events. Yes, Seaton. Why would he need to leave TBS or TNT? I don't know. Charles, Turner. Charles is the one who said it. So I don't know. I mean, they may say, all right, go. Now, he may say that um, if I'm going to leave, can he keep his endorsements? Because he staying at TBS, TNT, Subway, and some of the other commercials that he does. So he'd, he'd be giving those up, perhaps, because... Those sponsors may sh- say, you're going to the Live Tour. Well, Charles may say, well, if I'm going to the Live Tour, I'm going to lose these sponsors, then I'll just go here and I can work 8 to 12 weeks out of the year and make $30 million, let's say. Let's say Charles makes $10 million in salary, $10 million in endorsements, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm at the high side of his salary. I believe Charles is making around $7 million at TBS, which... If you look at what some of these other guys are getting, it's an absolute steal. Best bargain, Charles Barkley. But if Charles decides that he's going to go to the Live Tour, he loses his sponsors, then maybe he'll just say, all right, you got to cover everything here, my salary and my endorsements, and maybe Charles Barkley ends up on the Live Tour. Now, if he does, I would hope that he gets to play in some of these events. I'll tune in. Then that would be interesting. But I still don't know where I can find this other than streaming it. And if you're looking on return of a, uh, you know, on investment, I'm going to gather all these guys. We got some names. We might have the Open Championship uh, winner. Uh, we got David Faraday and uh, Charles Barkley there. All right. Maybe. Maybe you get a TV deal out of this. Yeah, Paul. The only thing I could think that makes sense is that Charles talked that he wants to re- retire in the ne- near future from TNT. He's talked publicly about that. Like, there won't be a next contract. A lot of people say that. But if, if he wanted to retire, you know, two years early, that's a good payout, the Live Tour. Pick and up. I don't know what Charles wants to do. I mean, he, he, it's a grind to do that every night or every other night at TBS. They have a lot of fun, but he doesn't enjoy watching basketball. Charles loves golf. He loves hockey, too. He loves hockey more than he does the NBA. But that's just something to keep an eye on with Charles Barkley tomorrow. 
from what I'm told, that I guess he'll get the offer from the Live Tour. But then you got David Faraday. That one surprised me. That one surprised me. But uh, David Faraday is uh, going to leave NBC and uh, Golf Channel and going to the Live Tour. All right. So we're just getting started here. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. A lot of fun last night. Juan Soto beats Julio Rodriguez to win the Home Run Derby. It was fun. I enjoyed it last night. Uh, baseball makes an all-star game format change just just in case you you might not go into a game going, ah, I'm rooting for extra innings. I am because they're going to decide it by home runs, a mini home run derby. This will be like uh, penalty kicks in soccer. And uh, if there is a tie after nine innings, then uh, they settle it, of course, with home runs. Uh, let's see. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Say good morning to those watching on Peacock. Download the app, and you can watch this show for free. We could ever charge you, given this content. And we say good morning to iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and the great number of uh, affiliates we have around the country, numbering nearly 400. Now, here's the news we have with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's intent to sue may remain moot. Two to eight games could be the final range of punishment. That's the headline on Pro Football Talk with Mike Florio. Yesterday, the big news came from Charles Robinson's report. Very good NFL reporter. The NFLPA and Watson are prepared to file a federal federal lawsuit attacking a full-season suspension. If that's the end result of the NFL's internal process. However, the feeling within the Watson camp and the union is it won't come to that. Charles Robinson says, uh, as one source who has reviewed the materials submitted last week by the parties to the judge, Susan Robinson told Pro Football Talk on Monday, the final punishment most likely won't be one year. The Currently expected range is two to eight games. Um, I was told indefinite suspension because they weren't sure if there was going to be another shoe to drop. Now, the Texans, Texans settled that lawsuit. And I was told and informed the audience a couple of weeks ago that that was one that was hanging out there, that nobody was talking about the Texans role in all of this. Well, they settled 30 lawsuits just like that. Done. Watson and the NFLPA should, if they haven't already, consider raising the point with uh, the judge that uh, you know, if you're going to uh, respond to this, the NFL investigating the Texans over that situation that resulted in 30 civil settlements, that uh, you know any league action against the uh, Texans would provide further proof of a double standard between club management and players of what happened to the Texans and what could happen to Deshaun Watson. So it's a lot of legalese here. And the NFLPA has to be with Deshaun Watson. He's a member of the union, so they have to represent him. Whether they think he's guilty or not, that's not the point. They have to fight for his behalf, and it's all about precedent. You want to make sure that he's treated the same way that Tom Brady was that Ben Roethlisberger was, that Ray Rice was. And, and yes, different crimes, but they that's their job. And from what I was told a couple of weeks ago, that it felt like indefinite suspension, 
And uh, I even asked a source on this that uh, could you see where he's not punished at all? And my source said, no, that's not going to happen, that he will be punished. The question is, how much? And is that enough to placate the NFL? Because the NFL is worried about our reaction to it, your reaction to it as fans. Like, are you kidding me? All of this, and he got four games? And then appeals it and gets three games? That's what they're worried about. Like, how much is enough where everybody goes, okay, yeah, hope that hurt. Now we move on. We got other things to worry about. And the NFL does want to move on from this. My source said that, you know, they want a strong punishment. And, you know, this comes down to the commissioner. The NFL can appeal this, and then it's heard by the commissioner. So this is an independent judge who is going to rule on this. And then the commissioner can come back and say, we're going to appeal that, and we want to give him 12 games, let's say. That is sort of the process here. And then if you, if you threaten uh, litigation here, taking it to you know, the federal courts, I don't know if you do it, you're going to suspend it, or you want to delay the uh, suspension here. So there's a lot of games being played here. Could it come down? And I think that the decision is going to come down uh, maybe this week. Camps are opening up. The NFL knows, you know, need to be fair to everybody involved in this. I don't know what their time frame is on it. And, and they have other cases that they have to hear. There's other disciplinary action. I mean, there's so much more that goes. It's not like they're just going, we got one thing on, on our agenda, to-do list, Deshaun Watson. There's a lot of other things. But I think those are things to keep an eye on. How much is enough? How much is not enough? And is it worth, uh, you know, saying we're going to appeal? And then Deshaun Watson's camp goes, oh, okay. Well, maybe we take this to a higher court here. And I think that's really going to be the key here. Yeah, Paulie. I think what's going to be interesting, let's say this story breaks on Thursday and it's, oh, Deshaun Watson, hypothetically, let's say he gets eight-game suspension. The entire casual sports fan world is going to say, oh, Commissioner Goodell took it easy. on Commissioner Goodell has nothing to do with this uh, Apparently, you know, Sue Robinson is a neutral arbitrator who's going to make this decision. But I think all the blame will go on the feet of Roger Goodell, even though he's not involved in the punishment. And one of the strongest arguments on Watson's behalf actually comes from the language of the policy involved here. Ownership and club or league management have traditionally been held to a higher standard and will be subject to more significant discipline. Well, that hasn't been the case. You know, the Texans settled. Are the Texans going to be punished here? You know, there, there, there's a lot of precedent that could be set here. And I think that's what Deshaun Watson's legal team is looking at. And if you're the NFL, how much is enough is what it's going to come down to. But uh, I was told that you could get a decision by the end of this week with Deshaun Watson. I don't know if it's a final decision. Because you're going to have to have both sides to agree. You know, the NFL has to say, all right, we're not going to appeal this. And then, therefore, Watson's camp won't go, all right, let's take this to a higher court here. But those are just some of the things that are uh, going on. A little bit later on, we'll talk some baseball. Good buddy Kevin Mala from the Major League Baseball Network. The uh, former Oregon wide receiver, one of the better hurdlers in the world, uh, Devin Allen will join us. He's uh, getting ready to go to the Eagles camp as a wide receiver. I hadn't played football in six years. And he can tell us about this false start that they had 
that he was disqualified. He was in the finals for the uh, hurdles and was probably expected to certainly medal, if not be the uh, favorite to win it all. Yeah, Seaton. Does someone like Devin Allen go into uh, camp having not played in six years? Is that just a sort of byproduct of how important speed has become? And not that it wasn't always, but it yeah. seems like you've got especially quick wide receivers right now. I always go back to Ronaldo Nehemiah, who was one of the great hurdlers, Olympic hurdlers, and he played for the 49ers. And trying to make that transition from being a hurdler, and your body is in a different shape than it would be if you're an NFL player, but he was a great returner, very dangerous returner at Oregon, but to be out of the NFL for six years, I'm going to ask him. Could that be a good thing? And trying to make the Eagles roster here. So he'll join us a little bit later on. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments, where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, I I even thought about that. Yeah, most people don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Paulie was big on this story. Came in yesterday and he's like, did you watch the world championships? where Devin Allen got disqualified from the finals of the 110-meter hurdles because he may have reacted too quickly. And this is the starting gun. So Paulie plays it in slow motion. So this is, Devin Allen went to Oregon. This is in Oregon. And then they say, you're DQ'd. And I went, wait, what did he do wrong? It's an injustice here. Devin Allen joins us now. Devin, explain to me what you did wrong getting disqualified. Dan, what's up? Um, so, yeah, thanks for having me, um, first and foremost. But, uh, yeah, overall, I think the, the rule in track and field is uh, the threshold for reacting after the gun is one-tenth of a second, so 0.1 seconds. Um, so, you know, for my reaction time at 0. 0.0999, which is 1,000 uh, too fast, um, is why I got DQ. The crazy thing is in the semifinal, I reacted at 0. 0.101 seconds, so one one-thousandth slow which is a fair start okay once they told did you know what you had done wrong immediately no so when when they re recalled the start i thought they were gonna uh you know grant holloway the the world champion next to me kind of goes into set a little bit later than everyone else so i thought they were gonna bring us all back and, and tell him like hey go into set when we call set because it was, it was a quick gun um but then when i got the red card in my lane i was pretty confused so you know, obviously, that's why I walked over to the official and I wanted to see the reactions. I wanted to see the video that they had of me starting as well. So it sounds crazy, though. You it was after the gun. Like you it felt like you were too good at that. Is that is that a fair well, assessment? I, I would say that's fair. Overall, usually, if you look at all my reaction times, I'm probably in the top one to five percent of, of all sprinters at every competition I'm at. And so usually I'm just a quick reactor to the gun. And then, you know, this weekend, obviously, it's a, it's a huge competition for me, world championships in Eugene, Oregon. Um, I'm probably going to react a little bit more quickly than normal. Um, so, you know, it's really unfortunate that that's, that's, that's the rule. I mean, I understand the rule, and that's, you know, it's in place, so there's no false starts. But, you know, not to, to have a little bit of leeway for margin of error or, you know, anything that goes on for a thousandth of a second kind of, you know, it's a little bit frustrating because I didn't get the chance to compete. Is that your last track and field event of your career? Um, no, no, it's not going to be the last one of my career. Uh, definitely the last one of the season because I have training camp starts on Tuesday next week. So I'm actually back home in Phoenix uh, getting ready 
getting the cleats back on, running around. I'm actually in, in, at the Phoenician right now. I got an early tea time um, in about 45 minutes. <laughs> That's how you get ready for camp playing golf? Well, you know, I just need one or two days to just decompress. I've been training really hard, uh, getting ready for world champs and getting ready for uh, training camp as well. So I need just one or two days just to relax and, and uh, enjoy Phoenix. The last time you played college football was when? Uh, 2016-2017 season. Yeah, right after the 2016 Olympics. So it's that, been a while. Can that be a good thing that you haven't played football in six years? I think the good thing is I haven't been getting beat up in the NFL for six years. Um, and the good thing is I'm probably the fastest and most, most athletic I've been in my, my career. Um, you know, I'm, I'm much faster than I was in college, which was my strong suit when I did play in college. So overall, it's a good thing. Um, the hard thing is now getting back into an NFL system and actually playing football, although I've played football my whole life. Um, you know, so I think it should be pretty easy to get back into the swing of it. What's your role with the Eagles? Um, I'm not really exactly sure yet. Obviously, my, my skill set is to, to kind of stretch the field on offense. And then um, on special teams, I, I plan to do as much as I can in the return game, kick return, punt return. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, you know, in terms of special teams, running down as gunner and, and making tackles as well. So we'll see kind of how my role develops. Um, as I get more comfortable on the field, I expect to have more and more of a role on the team. But, you know, my goal is just to go and, and help the Eagles win football games. So whatever that you know, takes is what I'll do. How would you do against Tyreek Hill? I would do pretty good now um, just because I've been training and I'm, I'm pretty fast right this moment in time. We actually raced me and Tyreek when I was in high school. I think he might've been a senior in college um, and he beat me that race. So the one race that we did have when I was about 17 years old, he beat me. But right now I think I'd get him in a race. Well, how fast are you? How like football fast, a 40 yard dash? Uh, well, I ran a 4-3 at the Pro Day um, about April, and that was kind of mid-season for me. Um, I'm probably at least a tenth faster, um, if not more, so probably 4-2. You know, if I practice it a little bit more, I would like to say 4-1. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the 40 is so difficult in terms of, like, it takes a lot of skill because a lot of fast guys, you know, can run under 4-5, but then that 4-2 to 4-4 range is where a lot of practice takes place. What if we put Tyreek Hill? What if I had Usain Bolt do uh, hurdles? You against oh. Bolt in hurdles? Oh, I'd, I'd smoke Usain <laughs> in the hurdles, but that's but that's my thing. So yes. I, he'll let me have that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that that's always that. Well, it's hurdles, and I think sometimes we have a hard time trying to figure that out. Like you have to count you count your steps with your when you do hurdles. Bolt told me that he knows how many steps it's going to take to get to yeah. one hundred meters. You know that when you do hurdles? Yeah, for sure. It's the same uh, same rhythm, step pattern, um, seven steps to the first, three steps in between each hurdle, and six steps off the last hurdle. So um, it's it's the same for just about everybody. And, uh, you know, we do it so much in practice and training, we don't even think about it anymore. And then the same with the 100, right? I take about 44 steps when I when I do that race as well. So just like Usain Bolt knows, you know, how many steps it takes him, I, I know exactly as well. So, What was your worst wipeout on the hurdles? Uh, shoot, probably training and training. Um, that's kind of where we go for it in terms of like just being super aggressive and, and trying to, you know, improve, um, you know, just the time that it takes for us to get out of the air. And so there's probably been times where I've had a training session where I've fallen three or four times just cause I'm being so aggressive. And usually after that happens, I run a PB. Uh, my coach always says, whenever I'm being super, super aggressive like that in training is when I'm, I'm ready to run fast. And, and, you know, in the last four or five years, that's happened every time.
So PB being your personal best. Personal best, yeah, exactly. So like probably about a week before I ran 1284, the, the third fastest time in history um, in June, I had a couple of sessions where I was having a hard time staying on my feet. So, uh, but it always works out. Yeah, I came back and then ran pretty quick that next weekend. But are you a rock star when you go to the European countries as opposed to the United States? Um, in track and field, maybe. I, I would say I'm pretty popular in the U.S. when it comes to track and field as well, um, you know, especially when I was walking around Eugene, Oregon uh, for the world championships. But in, in Europe, yeah, Europe, uh, the Europeans love track and field. And the stadium and venues, they are always full with 60,000, 70,000 people. So, you know, it feels pretty great. It's just like, you know, when I was playing college football at Austin, 55,000, you know, cheering for you. It's, it's that great feeling that, you know, I love as an athlete. And you, uh, so you were there when Marcus Mariota was there. Yep, yep, I was there with Marcus. Were you there, was Herbert playing when you, got, when you were still at Oregon? So, so technically, so Herbert was a freshman my last year. And he, he didn't play quite yet that season. He uh, he wasn't redshirting, but he was getting like splitting uh, repetition with Dakota Prukop at the time. Um, and then I ended up getting hurt in the Nebraska game, the third game of the season. So I didn't get to play with Justin. But obviously I was there and, and we knew that he was going to be a, a guy for sure. Yeah, but if I would have told you back then, you know, Mariota is going to win the Heisman, but Justin Herbert is going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I would have said I agree because I we, we played pickup basketball uh, over the summer and that kid's a, a great athlete. Um, and he was a great athlete uh, at Sheldon when he when he was in high school as well, you know, playing three or four sports. So, you know, that's the thing about football and sports in general, like the best athletes are the ones that are going to that are going to thrive. You know, you see Kyler Murray and, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and those guys are just great athletes. So if I said Brady gets to run a 40 and you run a 100. Uh, I think he would beat me if it was that if it was that distance. I think a race I could beat Tom Brady in is if I ran like a hundred and he ran like seventy. I think I could beat him. Okay. Yeah. What if you ran backwards in a forty? A hundred. A hundred. Okay. That, well, that would be, I, yeah, that'd be close. I am I am pretty fast backwards. I probably could run close to like twelve seconds or eleven five and a hundred backwards. <laughs> yeah. But if, but if you went backwards and Brady went forwards in a 40, you're going to beat him in that, right? Uh, that, would be, that would actually be much closer. The 40 would be close. Um, I, I don't want to be too hard on Tom Brady. He's a great athlete. <laughs> not known for his wheels. No, he's, sure. a, he's a great quarterback, Devin. Yeah. Not a great well, athlete. I mean, have, you seen him, have you seen him play golf? I'm getting ready to play golf, and it's one of the hardest sports I've ever done. John Daly plays great golf. Yeah, true. You make a good point there. You make a good point there, Dan. I, I, I appreciate that. Hey, uh, congrats, I think. It feels like you're getting more attention by being DQ'd than you probably would have if you had won or competed. Yeah, you know, it would have been nice to win the world championships. But uh, like I said, in a lot of interviews the last couple of days, it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's, it's frustrating that it happened. It's happened already. And I can't dwell on it too much because I got uh, some work to do in about a week from now. I got training camp. and But could you, know, you change the, the rule, level. though? Do you think that what happened to you could change the rule? I think I think it could change the rule for sure. I think there's, you know, to have to have the, the, the you know, the standard of the one-tenth of a second is good. But I think, you know, there has to be some kind of margin of error. And, and that takes place where it's the official's decision or, you know, a margin of error on, on either side where the equipment can malfunction because – you know, to say something's perfect, um, it's just not true. You got the Olympic uh, 
tattoo there? Yep, got it right here. My, this is my lead arm. So Wait. all the pictures I take when I hurdle, you can see it. Nice. Yeah. Are you going to have that when you have the football in your right arm and you're leading with your left arm? So yeah, throw, lead- throw, throw the stiff arm out like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have fun playing golf. Good luck with the Eagles. We'll keep an eye on it. We appreciate you joining us. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. All right. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? It's funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find. That's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. I want to thank our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America has everything you need. A premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL and NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. If you're looking for rookie sensations, they've got that. How about timeless legends? They've got that. Panini America also breaking new ground on NIL. Featuring the biggest names, Caitlin Clark's in there, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and so many more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. Some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands. they got Prism, Select, Donruss, and so many more. And... You got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit 
PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Kevin Millar, the uh, MLB Network analyst, co-host of Intentional Talk. He won a World Series with the Red Sox. He was at Dodger Stadium last night, home run derby, covering the All-Star Game. MLB's live All-Star Game coverage from L.A. gets underway at uh, noon Eastern with uh, Kevin Millar and Steven Nelson co-hosting Intentional Talk from Dodger Stadium at 3.30 today. Uh, Great to talk to you, buddy. What kind of memories do you have playing at Dodger Stadium? I have a video on my phone from a home run that I hit off. Well, I say video, a voicemail. Off of Chanho Park, 1999, Dodger Stadium. My dad got it off of Vince Scully's radio broadcast. And he was doing lab work. And to this day, I still have it on my phone. Out of the 95 different phones we've gone through, I have not lost that yet. So I do have to get down some kind of tape not to lose that. But it wasn't a walk-off. <laughs> it was just a, no. just a home run. <laughs> Just a home run in the bullpen as a little kid from L.A. City Junior College down the street. Dad had, as as Scully goes, that's a high drive and deep left field. And I have to have that forever. That is great. Your last couple of years were Kershaw's first couple. Did you cross paths with Kershaw? Never faced Kershaw. I mean, he throws an invisible slider, obviously the nasty curveball. Never faced him. Uh, I talked to Sean Casey about Kershaw. He had faced him. He said he's filthy, but I never crossed paths. Wait, explain that. What, what kind of invisible slider? It's like if you watch Kershaw pitch, right, we know the fastball, the big curveball. Then he has this little cutter that he throws, and it's that little cutter that just never gets there. It's down and in the righties. Uh, it's been his pitch the last seven, eight years. If he was just coming up, what kind of pitcher, how would he be viewed if if he threw this? Well, he probably doesn't top out at, what, 94, maybe? 90, 95, I yeah, guess? Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's not. I don't think he's near there. I think he's usually around 92 topping out. He probably okay. pitches at 89 to 90, and then he's got the, that little cutter that, that he's put into play as his velocity's gone down. Every pitcher has to figure out, this thing as they get older. CC Sabathia was a power pitcher, right? 98 cutters and sliders and 98. And then as he got older, he had to learn a two-seamer and a change-up and start working away off the plate. That's one thing that Clayton's done is he's adjusted to the lack of power with his fastball and still is able to compete. Yeah, but I wonder how he would – where he would get drafted. Let's say he's just coming up. And, and given what we ask of pitchers now or what we want from pitchers – you got to throw at least 95 to get their attention now, don't you? Yeah, it's weird. Danny, it's exactly the power. It's everything's power, right? Everything's power, 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 power. Uh, and you're right. I, what, what would he be? And you're looking at a kid, you know, coming out of Dallas, 
Texas throwing like he is. I mean, who knows if he's a first round draft pick because he doesn't have the 95 in today's you know, game. What about Jeter? You know, you have the uh, documentary on ESPN, but you know, coming up, he was slight, uh, didn't have a powerful arm, didn't hit for power. You know, he ran, but you know, he's the first, what top five or top six pick. But I wonder how we would view Jeter now coming out of high school. Well, he's got the size, right? He's got height. He's got speed. He can play defense. So I still think he's right where he needs to be is that first round pick. Okay. And I, I mean, first round because of his ability to the stuff they, they judge, right? I didn't have a toolbox in that judge. I couldn't run, throw, hit, or field. <laughs> Derek Jeter can do it all. But how do you hit a major league baseball without, like, what do you have? Like the ability, hand eye coordination, right? As a kid, since two in the backyard with your dad and playing wolf ball, everybody has the ability. It's like a hockey player. I mean, the, 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 what they do on the ice, you and I get on the ice and slaps the, you know, the, the stuff. It's the hand-eye coordination. That's what a baseball player has. And that's one thing I could do is put a bat, you know, I mean, a ball to the bat. Uh, and that was something, you know, but as far as running the 60-yard dash, 7-6, seven, 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, throwing arm is probably a 20 you know, uh, defensively, they're going to put you right there in the average thing, but below average because you can't run and there's no range. So that's why I always say, you know, it's nice to see with your own eyes, but that six tool is somebody's, you know, heart. Dustin Pedroia, he was a first rounder, five foot eight, five foot nine. And then you look up, you know, years later, he's a silver slugger. He's an MVP, Jose Altuve. That's what makes this game great. You know how many stolen bases you had in your career? Eight, seven. Six. Seven. Thank you. Do you remember all of them? No. I remember <laughs> I remember five of them probably being I was the back end that stealed the catcher <laughs> went to third. Instead of throwing me out second. <laughs> was were you faster than Big Poppy? No. Big Poppy's a better athlete than he gets credit for. He can play basketball. Poppy's got quick little feet. He, they shuffle. He's got a shuffle. Like kind of run when you're top heavy, you probably missed leg day about six years of his life. <laughs> and I was that guy. So he was a shuffler. How would you uh, describe the reaction to Pujols last night? Pretty awesome. I mean, I was happy like Miguel Cabrera. We had him on the show yesterday. Uh, Albert Pujols, when commissioner calls Cabrera and you're looking at, you know, these guys, it's greatness, right? There's a lot of Latin players that looked up to these guys they are their favorite players. That's what the All-Star Game's about, right? It's it's the storyline of stuff. Albert Pujols, obviously the back end of his career, obviously the last few years of the back end, but this guy was top three right-handers in the game ever. Well, I still maintain when people say Mike Trout, boy, he's going to be one of the all-time greats. I said a couple of weeks ago, he should aspire to be Miguel Cabrera. Like, let's just start there, because Miguel Cabrera, 500 home runs, 3,000 hits. I mean, he, one of the great, now he's not, you know, as good all around as Mike Trout is, but, you know, Mike Trout's 30. Like, you start to look at, you know, they want him to be Mays and Mantle and Aaron, and Miguel Cabrera is where I would probably start. What do you think of that? No, it's interesting. You're right. And to be... Great, you have to be available. Now, Mike Trout's been available. I'm just using, you know, th- th- this thing. We put guys as stars, right? 
Fernando Tatis Jr. What a talent, good looking. You look at him play and wiry when he's on the field. But Pujols, Manny Ramirez, Miguel Cabrera, they did this for 10 plus years at 30 and 100 and 330. Yeah. So they're available. They have a healthy baseball body. Not that anybody wants to get hurt, but there's some guys that just get hurt. And I wonder what the conversation is going to be in five years about Otani. That are they going to be, you know, they drafted all pitchers this last draft. Like, what are they building to something that is going to actually come to fruition where they're, he's playing in playoff games? Yeah, it's a tough thing because that organization. It's almost you need to do a street sweeper, kind of figuring a few things out. They've spent money. They haven't spent money in the right way. Yeah. It's like Gary Moreno and the Angels haven't spent money. But some of the stuff, you're like, man, okay, geez. And then the falters down. They have never, you know, since the Jared Weavers and the Escobars and, you know, when the Angels were good. But the starting staff that go into camp and go, yeah, I've got three big boys that can match up with the Walker Buehlers and the Clayton Kershaws if we get to the big dance, the DeGrom and the Max Scherzers if we get to the big dance. That's the question, right? You can have a great regular season, but you got to have two big boys to match up with anybody else's two big boys. End of story. And that's the postseason, right? The Yankees have a wonderful year going. If they get to the postseason and run into a buzzsaw, then the season's kind of like, yeah, it's great. A failure. You won 100, yeah. They won 110 games. Congratulations. Would you rather see Otani at the plate or on the mound? Man. If you're the opposition. If you're the opposition. Yeah, yeah I'd rather see him at the plate. I, I mean, on the mound when he's on. I mean, the, the Angels do their two, their 20-year anniversary, 2002. John Lackey and all the boys are there. And Otani, I think, struck out 13 that night. And it's an eye-opener for the guys that maybe don't watch baseball time. They're like, wow. What he does on that mound is pretty special. He's big, by the way. What? Um, yeah, I can't imagine an All-Star game starting out with two guys bigger than Otani and Aaron Judge going one-two against. Uh, I'm telling you, yeah. Kershaw. I mean, Judge is six foot seven, two hundred eighty-five pounds of pure steel. Otani's six foot five, maybe maybe closer to six six, but six five runs well. But a big guy. Yesterday he comes up. You know, I was trying to learn a phrase. And I look up, I'm like, I'm like, these guys are huge, Danny. Like, you and I are normal-sized dudes. These guys are like, wow. Well, it used to be if you were taller, you had the bigger strike zone. And, you know, that was always a, a, a detriment there. Is that still the case with being taller and having a bigger no. – Everybody's swinging for the fences anyway. Right. So what's it matter if you miss two as long as you get one? It's crazy. It's crazy. You can strike out now 400 times. Like, oh, yeah, your launch angle's good. You're, you know, your exit velocity was 109 on your 17 great swings this year. But it's a crazy game now. It's different. The shifts are different. The, it, it's, but it's, it's fun. These players are good. And the game's in a good spot. A good spot. If not the Yankees versus the Dodgers in the World Series, then who? Astros versus the Braves. Okay. Mets. Mets can get Buck Walter. I'll tell you right now, Mets, you know, it was, it was cute coming up to the all-star break. Cause I, I know one thing, the Mets have dominated, dominated here. The Braves are just coming, coming, coming. If they would have been in second place, not that that would have been in the world, but that have been weird for the Mets. And it'd been weird for Buck Walter. But I know one thing, Buck Walter was the right and the exact guy for the Mets. So the Mets I'd put in that equation. Any problem with Soto turning down 15 for four forty? No. 
Not at all. I don't have any problem with that. I have a problem with it getting out there. You know, who leaks this stuff? How does Ken Rosenthal get this story, right? And that that's it's a it's an organizational play, maybe, or it's someone inside the the, the scene. But honestly, God, if you and I are doing a deal and I choose to turn that down and you're the owner or you're Rizzo or how does it get out? Yeah. Well, you want Soto to look bad, don't you? That's the point, right? So now do you think what? Soto can't look bad. He's a great kid. I mean, he's 23 years old. Listen to him speak. Watch him play the strike zone, the ability. If you're paying guys, well, Max Scherzer, 40-plus million dollars to make 28 to 30 starts if he's going to make them all, where's Juan Soto? He's not $25 million annual value. And that offer is $420 million more than you made in your entire career. Think about that. And I, that's why you and I are still working. <laughs> he he made what you made by the All-Star break. Clayton makes that per pitch. I know. I, I had to get a job 97 minutes after I was retired. I was like, oh, the MLB Network launched. Thank God. I'd have been hitting fungos in Sioux Falls, uh, you know, wherever. I don't even know Sioux Falls at. South Dakota? Yeah, somewhere. Did you ever – like when you pulled up at Fenway in your car, like – Given everybody else and what they were driving, like, did you could could I tell which one's Millar's car? <laughs> no, I was paycheck to paycheck. You know, I had the Hummer, the H two with the wheels. Oh and no! The, and no. I had the system, and I had one five in the seats, and I had the Harley, and <laughs> you know, I was a dude. I didn't. I never. My, my I'll tell you this. My number was about eighty five thousand. I never spent. 180. You know, like everybody's got these, what are these things called? Those Mercedes, those, 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 uh, you probably have one. You know, they look like G Wagon. Thank you. Yeah. I, I can't spend 212 on a car, right? I was always at 67 Camaro. I was always in that, that scene. Best car on the Red Sox World Series team was who's? Poppy. I mean, when you, I, I told the story last night. I, I said, listen, we, 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 we hosted a little scene for Poppy at Marucci. Uh, you know, and, and it was pretty awesome when Tory Hunter showed up and Albert Pools there, but, but it was just the story of him coming to pick me up in like a Honda Civic or a Toyota Corolla when I was with the Blue Jays in 09. He was dressed in a collared shirt. He had no jewelry. He, you know, and, and I joke around him and, and this is how we talk back then. So this isn't a bad thing. I said, dog, you're hitting 180 with zero home runs. You know, you're dressed like a white boy. You look like me, Poppy. <laughs> And I said, give me tomorrow. I want to be picked up in the Ferrari. I need the bling. I need the necklace. I need all the watches, the earrings. And he goes, bro, you're right. You're exactly right. He came and picked me up the next day. He had the red Ferrari with Poppy <laughs> on the front. He had every accessorized jewelry. He's worth $1.5 on wrist and wrist. And he goes deep in the first inning. He looks at me and gives me the wink. But I said, that's you. You've been Poppy. You can't come dressed like me off the golf course. <laughs> Uh, Honda Civic. Uh, have fun today. I know your coverage starts in uh, – well, you you guys got to get ready, don't you? Coming up at uh, yeah. noon? We're live at 2. Oh, 2. Pacific okay. Time. All right. All right. Yeah. Hey, great to don't talk. We'll go to. back to bed. All right. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, dude. Thanks. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Owning a Mercedes-Benz EV isn't just extraordinary, it's extra easy. With full remote access to your vehicle from your phone via the Mercedes Me Connect app, the vehicles are all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. The choice is all yours. Learn more. MBUSA.com slash EQ. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite.